What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Web3 Music Podcast. If you haven't listened before, my name is Jake Abel, and I started this podcast because I wanted to get involved and learn more about the intersection of blockchain technology and music. And the best way I found to do that is by talking with people who are really paving their own path in the fascinating niche that is Web3 Music. So each episode, I interview artists, creators, builders, entrepreneurs, and more about how they're leveraging technology to advance their music career or company. Before we get into today's episode, I want to thank our sponsor, Neon Ox. Neon Ox is an NFT ticketing company that I think has a really, really great use case for Web3-focused companies that are organizing IRL events. Ticket buyers on the platform use fiat with their debit or credit cards and purchase tickets connected to their phone number, but Web3 natives also have the option to connect their crypto wallet and receive their tickets as NFTs. For Web3 companies, this means that you can use your event tickets for things like token gating and airdrops, and you can track the wallet addresses of people who are actually showing up to your events. Besides that, Neonox has been in the ticketing game for over 20 years, and they provide personal account managers for each client. The platform also has an integrated secondary market to eliminate scams and streamline the process of buying and selling extra tickets. If you want to learn more about Neonox and how they can help improve your ticket selling experience, visit neonox.io and mention this podcast on the Get Started page. You can also reach out to the Web3 Music Podcast on social media, and we will help you schedule a demo of the platform. And with that, let's get into today's episode. Today, I'm interviewing Brian Stollery, the founder of Webstock. Webstock is a global entertainment company that puts on events that are doubled in the metaverse and enhanced and powered by Web3 technology. Brian has an extensive professional background in music, working in live streaming, event production, venue rentals, and technology, among other things. He started Webstock in 2022 after learning about blockchain and seeing all the ways it could help streamline event production and empower independent companies and artists. We talked about his background, the start of Webstock and where it's going, the issues with the current concert and event industry, the future of VR and metaverse events, and more. I hope this episode teaches you something new today. Here is Brian Stollery. Anyway, let's let's get into Webstock. Let's do it. I would love to hear, I think, to start how, you know, what your background was before starting Webstock and then where the idea came from and how you how you began Webstock. Absolutely. So what's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in. Um, it's so great to be here. My name is Brian Stollery. I'm a New York-based media and entertainment entrepreneur, and I've led a rich, varied career in full-scale, C-suite, company building, operations, business development, all really within and around the live music and entertainment industry. So I began my career 15 years ago working for Peter Shapiro and Dayglo Ventures, sort of architecting the live streaming production infrastructure and operations for Relics Magazine, doing a lot of work with Brooklyn Bowl, Capitol Theater, Lock-In Music Festival. Uh, So I was an early core part of that team. I oversaw a lot of different aspects of production as well as sponsorship activations and that sort of thing uh, for the first few iterations of the Lock-In Music Festival in Virginia, which we had Tom Petty, Jimmy Cliff, Allman Brothers Band, members of the Grateful Dead, John Fogarty, and many more. I also oversaw uh, several high-end brand activations with uh, airstream we did some really cool stuff with them after that i sort of moved into tech and i was the vp of business development for a european tech startup called music traveler 
which was basically the Airbnb for music and event space rentals. So I built their entire U.S. pipeline. I will also work in closely with a number of brand ambassadors, which included Billy Joel, Chloe Flower, James Poyser uh, from The Roots, who's a good pal. After that, I started my own company. It was called Launch. So we were a stalwart media and entertainment production firm. We produced high-end interactive live streaming solutions. We worked with Universal Music, Central Park Summer Stage. We did a branded activation, a live music showcase with Jack Daniels. That was really cool. And uh, we even secured a vendor contract with the New York Department of Education. So we did a lot of uh, virtual events for the New York Department of Ed, which was really useful during the pandemic. And we also built a live streaming online platform called Launch TV, where we actually helped uh, artists build out live streaming um, systems at home. So we actually did over a thousand live stream concerts during the pandemic where we helped artists do monetized performances when it was most needed. And so I took all of that and everything that worked about all of my past uh, aspects of my career with music travelers, sales, building businesses, architecting production, building a Rolodex of large entertainment entities. I took that all and I'm now putting it on chain. And the whole governing thesis, I was looking around when I first got into NFTs, it was right in the beginning. It was early um, end of 2020, beginning of 2021. I got a wallet. I got some NFTs. I got rugged pretty early on. That kind of turned me off in the space. I was looking around in the space and just seeing a lot of speculation, a lot of FUD, a lot of kind of toxic behavior, and a lot of trash, for lack of a better term. There were just a lot of projects with no value and no utility. And I was looking at this incredibly innovative new business cultural vertical, and there were gajillions of dollars pouring into it. And there was no developed use case. There was no business plan. It was just all this money was um, pouring into speculative assets that didn't really have a business behind them or uh, a use case for them. And I realized you have self-executing contracts. You have this way of enshrining assets whether it's music, whether it's a concert ticket, whether it's a film, whether it's a, 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 a physical item in the real world, an instrument or, or, or a, a garment. You have ways of actually ensconcing assets in this form of digital amber where the ownership is 100% locked and rock solid. You have this technology for creator to consumer direct sales, a direct financial relationship between creators and consumers that could really cut out the intermediaries and cut out the music industry. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to build the music industry of web three. I'm going to build a more equitable music in industry using web three. It's going to be more equitable. I'm going to teach artists how to use 
NFTs and find new avenues of monetization and new ways to engage fans. And that's Webstock. So that was a very long way of saying basically Webstock, uh, our whole vision is that Woodstock in 1969 was essentially a DAO. You had a bunch of people coming together with their own self-custodied ideas and artistic statements and musical abilities and talents and sculpting a new business and cultural vertical that's valuable beyond words. And then you have blockchain, which is the future of commerce, logistics, identity, access, ticketing, everything. And we smash them together. So Webstock is a startup company that I'm currently at the helm of. Uh, we're a global live entertainment consortium. We produce concerts and music festivals all around the globe that are doubled in the metaverse and built using Web3, all built atop the blockchain using kind of Web3 native tools and technology. And yeah, we've done events in New York, London, Miami, uh, gearing up for some stuff in Denver. We're actually doing a festival in Australia in August. And it's been really, really cool. And so we're really just looking to define and lead future states of live music and entertainment uh, and use arts and entertainment to spread Web3 education and onboarding and then use Web3 and the blockchain to enhance and incentivize uh, participation within and around live music and events. Wow, that's a lot. I love it, man. That's awesome. I think it goes you know, you tie into a lot of the ethos of the Web3 space in terms of, you know, power to the creator and direct to consumer uh, relationships. And I think, you know, I think the intersection of events and live entertainment and music and Web3 is one of the more interesting intersections, at least from my point of view. So I love what you're doing. I think it's really, really interesting. Um, I'm wondering where, when you were you know, throughout your career before you got into doing Webstock, did you notice any issues and challenges with, you know, quote unquote, traditional event production that now that you learned more about blockchain technology, you thought like, oh, maybe this will solve some of these traditional issues I've run into before? Well, yeah, if you're if you're an agent or a tour manager, you got to deal with per diems, the merch splits, you got to do all the accounting for all the cabs in the hotels you got to pay the opener and figure out how much they get uh there's so much that goes into producing a tour producing a music festival uh it's a pain in the ass and so if if all of that can be ironically centralized through some type of blockchain related product if there was a blockchain secured tool suite for community management and metaverse integration and you know nft management and per diems and payouts and you know venue sourcing and production booking all that sort of thing you know you're looking really at an ecosystem and blockchain allows all of those different aspects that combine to create an event or a festival to be more seamless, more transparent, more accessible. And looking even further into the problems with the live music and live events industry, there was a Senate hearing last week where Live Nation got ripped apart on the Senate floor by independent artists, independent venues, 
and people who just believe and believe that in America there should be innovation. And right now it's it's a total monopoly. And like 70% of concert venues are controlled by one conglomerate. And the result is zero transparency at all for artists. Outrageous fees, unhinged scalping, which really hurts the fans. Artists have no idea where their tickets are being distributed. They have no say on what advertisements or what kind of logos or messaging goes on their tickets. And at the end of the day, it 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 it, it hurts the artists. It, it it devalues the offering of music, you know, as a as a cultural entity. And it's just really unfair and and monopolistic. And with the blockchain, you can you can really solve all of that. And you can actually see on a public immutable ledger where all your tickets are going. You can reward fans through a smart contract. You can direct resale to an artist's wallet. You can put a cap on how high a ticket can be sold for. You can put a cap on how low it can be sold for. You can decide who you're going to work with and what advertisers are going to be a part of your music and your brand. And you can see the financial upside. So there are just so many issues with the music industry and it's so outmoded and antiquated this monopoly. And there's been no room for any innovation to happen. So there it's tough to decide where to begin, but yeah, the live music industry is, is a mess and there are a lot of different ways that blockchain can be used to create a more equitable future for this industry that benefits artists and creators. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, just listening to that long list of issues. Yeah. I can totally see how automating everything through smart contracts in a completely transparent way could solve a lot of issues for artists and event organizers and independent players. Um, and that's a cool, broader vision. Like eventually it would be great if, you know, you could book a tour on chain and pay the openers through a automated smart contract and, you know, get revenue splits, you know, through the on-chain ticketing provider and all of those all of those things that we've heard, you know, people in Web3 have heard, you know, over and over about all the benefits of blockchain. Um, I'm curious, like, how does Webstock do all that right now? So, you know, that's, I, I see the vision in terms of how that could affect the global music industry. And there's a lot of ways that blockchain could really disrupt things in the long term and on a really broader scale. But, you know, what is Webstock doing right now to, utilize the technology to pay artists and sell tickets and organize the events and stuff like that. So right now we're, we're working on a product. So it's a very, very, very early stage. It's a very big, far reaching product, but uh, we are sort of in the R and D mode right now. We are developing a technology product that is going to be related um, to what we're talking about right now. Uh, that said, walk, crawl, run, right? So where we're at right now, our, our foundational NFTs are on Ethereum or Polygon. 
So if you're a consumer or an artist and you own one of our NFTs, that gives you access to our entire ecosystem of production services and events. So if an artist owns one of our NFTs, they are first on the list to perform at any new Webstock event. We also do B2B event production as a service. So we actually will work with NFT clients, we'll work with artists and creators to source a venue, produce an event, bring in all the production. We also have a studio in Nantucket that one of our co-founders operates. So if anyone owns our NFTs, they get discounted pricing for all of our B2B offerings. And that's done through our Telegram and through our Discord. We also integrate different Web3 technologies to produce our events. So for example, we live stream all of our events into the metaverse, which is very Web3. We will use artificial intelligence to create the wall skins that go into the metaverse stream. We'll embed POAPs, you know, proof of attendance tokens in the metaverse live stream. We'll give out POAPs at the event. We have screens at our events with our partner gallery uh, by Satoshi's Closet. And there's, these are actually little kiosks at the events where our attendees can browse, learn about, and purchase NFTs from the different artists and musicians who are involved. We have art on the walls at our physical IRL events that are doubled as NFTs in the metaverse. We will do uh, ticketing through NFTs. So we work with token proof right now. So if someone owns one of our NFTs, they can redeem a free ticket through token proof, and then that's their access to the event. Uh, we're also working with KYD Labs uh, out of Brooklyn, who just partnered with Aptos, and uh, we're working on partnering with them to do some of our GA NFT ticketing moving forward. So uh, right now, we're really just integrating the best of class tools and solutions that are available in the space right now and using them to produce events. And the eventual goal will be to make each of those capabilities a feature of an aggregated ecosystem manager, which will be a tech product of, of some sort. And as I said, crawl, walk, run. We're just, we're just moving forward very gradually. You know, the goal is not to throw a gazillion dollars at hype. We're not a hype PFP project. We're, we're building a new category of the music industry that is on chain and it's not going to happen overnight. Again, you can't, there's not a, a web three porta potty provider for a music festival. There's a lot of stuff in music and event production that you can't pay for in ETH. So we use NFTs and we use web three, we use AI in the metaverse when we can. A lot of our artists, we do pay in ETH because they're web three native, but a lot of them we don't. So whenever it does make sense to use web three, we do. And uh, this is all part of a really long-term plan where eventually we do, we do see a future um, probably within the next couple of years where everything truly is on chain. And this is really just uh, the beginning of the planting of the flags. Yeah, I love it. And just, at, you know, as adoption and ease of use and UI and UX and all that stuff continues to improve, I can see how, you know, all of these integrations would just become 
more seamless and more applicable to everyone and more applicable to the music industry. So yeah, that's cool. It seems like you guys have just about every Web3 and current tech integration you possibly could, which is really interesting to see. Um, I'm curious how you initially got interested in using that type of technology. You mentioned how once you started learning about it, you could see all the ways that it would benefit live events and, and help you know, all these different parties, venues, artists, promoters, uh, you know, all, all these different players in the event organization game. But I'm curious how you initially just started learning about the tech. And then with that, what made you, you know, what eventually clicked and you were like, okay, I need to start doing this with my events and start a company. 12 cents is the average amount of money an artist walks away with in the overall music industry. And that is a statistic that has always been at the forefront of my career. My previous business launch, that was a huge goal. The whole goal was connecting artist to consumer directly and superseding the music industry creating a new microcosm of the music industry without pay to play without predatory record contracts etc etc and web3 allows that i think the moment it clicked was it was early 2021 my former CTO at my last business, he sent me an article when, I don't know if you remember this, but Lindsay Lohan sold an NFT of Daft Punk for like a bunch of money. Do you remember that? I don't remember that headline, no. I, I, let me Google it. Um but yeah, it it was some right. So she sold it. It was right in the beginning. It was a Daft Punk themed NFT, and it was just some crappy art that she made and sold as an NFT. She like drew a picture or made a picture of Daft Punk and sold it, and it sold <laughs> a bunch of money. And I was like that doesn't make sense and my old cto jim was like hey man we should start doing that this like this is a way to actually mint media and art on the ethereum blockchain and i was like okay this is cool and then shortly thereafter dogecoin happened and that happened like what blew up that first time to like 70 cents yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Right when Dogecoin blew up, I I I had some and it went up and this was awesome and I was really stoked and this was right as the bear market was really picking up and I was very happy about this fact that I I made some money for doing absolutely nothing on a meme coin, but it didn't make sense to me 
at all. And I think that was my lightning strike moment because at that moment I became obsessed with figuring out why, what was that network effect that allowed that to happen and how can that network effect be leveraged to create good to great businesses in the long term? That's cool. That's uh, <laughs> it's a funny combination of of what helped it click Lindsay Lohan and Dogecoin, but um, not too dissimilar from a lot of stories I hear. You know, people sort of get interested in the tech and they don't really understand what's going on. And then all of a sudden there's a lot of money being made and it's like, all right, there's something really going on here. How do I figure it out? Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's funny. That's cool though. So now you're doing, um, so since then, yeah, you've done a lot of events with Webstock. How many, how many events have there been so far and, and, uh, how have you seen them progress since the first one? Whew. Oh man, it's been insane. So we've done so many events. We just put out our uh, our year in review. We had like 10 events over two continents. So yeah, we started off, our first event was in New York in June. It was night one of NFT NYC. Really kind of validated the market, showed that our hard work was worth it. We had... Dill, Violetta Zeroni, Dap the Contract, Josh Savage, DJ Logic, playing at this really cool experimental art gallery. We had the Alien Boy was there, Metafans, Pixelworks. We had this whole NFT bazaar of partner NFT projects. That was really awesome. Also that week, we partnered with the Methaverse, and we had Method Man at Sotheby's Auction House that our holders got into. After that, we had a little cannabis event in Long Island with our homies Kusa. That summer, we gave away a lot of tickets to holders. So, you know, through my relationships in the music industry, I can go like buy tickets to concerts, you know, through like kind of official industry channels and then just give them away to holders, right? So we gave away some fish tickets to holders. We did some gallery events in Boston. Um, then we went out to Vegas and we had a booth at the WebEx Investor Summit in Vegas, which was really fun. Then we went out to London. We did Webstock London. That was really cool. We did the first Web3 comedy show in London. And, you know, how they've kind of evolved was really self-driving. And what was really cool was that after we did the first event, we built our initial community our community started to reach out and take on different parts of the business. So we, you know, we went to London and one of our community members, Endless FM said, Hey, come have Webstock at our office in London. And we did, and we live streamed into the metaverse. And then we had an NFT holder, uh, our friend, Nate, who's in green Bay, who hit us up on discord and was like, Hey, I love what you guys are doing. I want to handle your metaverse production. We're like, awesome. And then, like, my friend Will, who does Mixed World in New York, we met at Empire Dow. He's like, hey, I love what WebSouth's doing. I want to do some, like, live art and music shows in the city. Like, I got this venue. Like, let's do it. And it's really started to grow and blossom, like, 
like the lotus flower that's unfolding all its petals in like a nice unison. It, it, it's really moving forward without me as a founder having to drive every little thing. And so now we're seeing members of our community, we operate like a DAO. We're not a proper DAO, but we operate very much like a DAO in that we're very community driven. And for example, this year we have a community member in Australia. He's like, hey, we have this awesome venue. We want you to produce web stock in Australia. We'll we'll fly you out, you know, we'll help, you know, do the PR and stuff. Do you want to do it? And we talked to the community. The community was into it. It makes sense. And and we're doing it. Yeah, that's awesome. I was going to ask, like, how are you guys doing all these events internationally? And how has participation been with people that are part of the membership? So that's really cool to hear that these, you know, community members all over the world are uh, taking their own initiative and helping expand the brand and build these events. Uh, so that's exciting. That must be really cool to see as, you know, an organizer who started the community watching it, you know, flourish a bit independently like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually kind of autonomous. And that's the goal. The goal is that eventually Webstock will be a fully autonomous entity that operates by itself, where everyone is sort of coordinated through the blockchain. And we have events happening all the time, all over the world, in the metaverse, in real life, etc. Yeah, it's a cool vision. That's really cool. So, and then, you know, as a member, you're able to contribute and, and go to all these events, which is, uh, I think the membership to an event production company like that is a really cool idea. I haven't seen many other projects doing that. Um, Superfest comes to mind, but they are uh, not as glow, you know, it's pretty focused niche of what they're doing uh which is yeah and, and we love superfest you know i've I've known those guys for a while and uh, i own a superfest token and i know that a number of their uh team members own a website dow pass we even did uh we we've collabed on some stuff here and there too and uh yeah no i love the superfest guys i love everything they're doing and they've been supportive of us as well there's also uh decentralize out in london they're doing sort of a decentralized live music ecosystem. There's also Nexus Voyagers. There's uh, Future Shape 360 out in Denver. So, yeah, it's very, very small, but there are a number of organizations who are involved with building these initial pillars of the music industry. And uh, it's really exciting to see how this industry go grows. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of different sort of uh, collaboration and uh, intersection within all these entities as we're uh, looking looking ahead. Yeah, definitely. Very exciting. Uh, was the NFT membership part of the plan of Webstock from the start or was it more, um, you know, curious how you started organizing the membership? So it started with NFTs <clears throat> as the initial fundraiser. So the goal was we're going to do an NFT mint, raise some funds. Every NFT is going to be like a lifetime membership access pass to all of our events. We're going to use the funds from the Mint to produce this festival. And then from there, we're going to continue drawing from our community funds, producing events. Our NFT holders will have access to these events. They'll be able to vote on these events. 
We'll bring artists in and educate them and get them on board. Web3 will be the live music production venture to allow music NFTs to live and breathe in real life. The more events we do, the more we grow, the more our tokens will trade on secondary. That will continue feeding revenue into our multi-sig wallet. We will continue allocating funds to do bigger and better events, and that spins the flywheel. So that was the whole goal, uh, was doing a small drop originally. So we're minting right now. Our Genesis drop uh, is only 500 tokens. They're about about half sold out now. Uh, They're at 0.06 ETH. So every one of our Genesis tokens doubles as two tickets to every event we produce. Also one vote on all of the programming and uh, every activation that we produce. We have a token gated holder lounge where our holders can uh, buy exclusive merch just for holders, where they can redeem free tickets to cool events, where they can vote on different aspects of festival programming and that sort of thing. And moving into the future, uh, at some point this year or possibly early next year, we're gonna be doing a larger mint which is uh, sort of perks and rewards. You know, it's not the the full VIP unimpeded access, but this will be, you'll have one ticket to every event. You'll have discounts at the bar instead of an open bar and, and stuff like that. So we're really looking at this 500 Genesis collection as the bedrock of our community. And we want these initial tokens to be in the wallets of, artists, musicians, super fans, uh, producers, technologists, investors. That's really the hub that we're going to build this ecosystem on. Um, so, yeah, really the goal was fundraise, you know, fundraise through the tokens, use the funds to produce the festival. But then as we started growing, we realized this is so much bigger than just a festival. You know, this is really a a new paradigm for the music industry. That's awesome. Yeah, I can I can see the vision there. So it's cool how how it's expanded. Um, when you're when you're curating all these events, how do you decide what artists to book and you know, musicians to perform and and digital and physical artists to have showcased um, other than obviously the members who get some priority there. I'm curious how you curate those events. Uh, We listen, we listen to the community. We see who comes out. We'll, we throw up a post on Twitter. Hey, we're doing an event in Denver. Who wants to be involved? People reach out. We get DMS. We see who wants to be a part of it. And we bring them into the telegram or we bring them into the discord and, check out their music and if the community digs it they're in um we're very come one come all um obviously we you know not everything is going to be a fit for us of course and and we do maintain you know we just want to we do want to make sure that all the art that we produce is beautiful we believe that beauty and art and music makes the world a better place we truly believe in the original tenets of of Woodstock, which is peace, love, and music. So if art comes to us and checks those boxes, 
there's a good chance we'll we'll throw it on stage or, or we'll throw it on the wall at at webstock but yeah that's um it's it's really community driven so we we have an incredible community of artists and musicians who are really eager to to build this future with us and we welcome them in with open arms and webstock is as much me as it is you as it is every one of our holders as it is every artist who's ever performed with us as is anyone who's ever been on a twitter space with us you know we we really are a fully community driven music arts and entertainment entity so that curation all comes from the community and as is as long as it checks those boxes of peace love music and web3 we're in that level of community participation is is really impressive and i know uh you know i've heard of other communities and projects that have a difficult time getting people to be that engaged I'm, why do you think webstock has been so successful at getting its community members to participate and you know take their own initiative cuz we're not a pfp and we're not a decentralized financial protocol we're not launching a social token in switzerland and we're not auto harvesting on cardano we're doing a music festival and we're celebrating art and music and it's fun as heck <laughs> yeah makes sense it sure is <laughs> i think that's why because it's just it's fun and it's vibey and it's it's the art and music side of web3 which i think is often pretty overlooked and which people really seem to identify with yeah it's easier and it's more fun to get excited about music and art related events that are both in person and online that it is about you know some made up pfp brand that doesn't really have a true mission at the core of it right so, right we see like community is such an often overused buzzword and like in our space a lot of times community just means like pump my nft which is right. really like a community i mean i guess it is but it's not really doing anything you know yeah no you guys have the uh the authentic community of bringing people together with music which um is a great mission peace love music and web3 i love it that's it um, do you guys focus on bringing in Web3 artists and performers to the events or it's sort of whatever the community wants? So it's a bit of both. Uh, right now, just where we're at, you know, we're a very, very early stage company and it's a very early stage vertical, Web3. So right now we're really primarily working with the Web3 native artists your spotty wi-fi's your violettas and ronies your famous dills ray isla etc etc uh, brooks Jaden violet you know because these are artists who get it and they are finding success in web3 and they're kind of writing the map on how web3 can support artists the sad truth is a lot of artists are scared of web3 NFT is a dirty word for them because of a lot that's gone on in, you know, the news with 
centralized exchanges imploding and so many different rug pulls and fear and uncertainty and doubt and that sort of thing. So a lot of artists are scared. So we're we're really focusing on Web3 native artists and consumers now. Um, and that is a lot of who is part of our community right now. It's sort of the quickest path to success. However, we are working with a number of artists to architect their Web3 strategy. So for example, DJ Logic is an artist, classic, classic hip hop, funk, jazz DJ from New York City who has performed all over the world. He's really interested in Web3. So he played the first WebStock and now we're sort of helping him put together some NFT stuff. Um, my previous business launch, we worked with Curtis Blow. We actually did the first NFT drop for his 1980 RIAA certified gold record for the breaks. We actually turned it into an NFT. So our long-term goal is to help educate artists and musicians on how to use this technology and to be the portal and sort of the entree for them to get on board Web3 and unlock new avenues of monetization and fan engagement. Uh, and we will get there. But as I said, right now with where we're at with the UI UX and just everything that's going on with this market, we're almost exclusively focused on Web3 native artists and communities. But we'll get there. You know, it's yeah. A, it's a... Uh, what do they say? It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, exactly. Uh, with with some of these, you know, Web two artists that you've worked with so far, and and even looking forward to bringing new artists into Web three in the future. Uh, what what's been your like sales pitch as to why they should start engaging with this technology, and what do you think some of the challenges are with uh, onboarding? stay ahead of the curve i like it you know if you're not if you're not looking at this technology and how it can be used to support your business it's the same as the companies that never saw how someone could order something on the internet. You know, this is, it's like we used to have to mail letters and then email made it better. You used to have to go to a store to buy stuff, but then e-commerce made it better. And web three is making the industry better, you know, Today, artists have to put their music on Spotify and make fractions of a penny. They need to go into these predatory record contracts with labels who don't have their best interest in mind. They have to play venues that are owned by a monopoly where they have no control over the ticketing or revenue distribution. 
and blockchain is better. It's a better way to do all that. That's better for the fans and it's better for the artists. So there's a huge benefit in learning this technology. You know, the sales pitch is we want to empower you. You know, we want to we want to help artists and musicians and creators learn how to leverage web3, AI, the metaverse, blockchain to create new revenue streams, increase fan engagement, really stay ahead of the curve. You know, these technologies allow for new ways to monetize digital art and music. You can use AI to create personal, personal, the personalized experiences for fans, generate new revenue streams. We have the metaverse, which provides an immersive and interactive experience for fans, new ways for artists to monetize their work. And that's really the opportunity you know, to help artists and creators and brands establish a foothold in this technology so that in 10 years, when we don't call it web three and it's just how the world and the internet works, they're supported. Yeah. Uh, the technology is developing and will continue to improve and affect our lives, whether you want it to or not. So I agree. You got to stay ahead of the curve and, um, adapt to changing times and, it's really just technology that is going to help you at the end of the day. So it's a sales pitch that I would certainly buy into. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see more and more artists getting into it as time goes on, which I think we will. So, yeah, I mean, the tech is, is only getting better and it, you might as well get into it now because sooner or later it's going to really affect everything. Um, let's, let's get into the metaverse a little bit more with that. So, um you know walk me through a little bit how you guys reproduce your events in the metaverse and what made you want to do that so we will go look at a venue where we're gonna do a festival and then we'll build it out in the metaverse as best we can so right now primarily we use spatial we've also done events in crypto voxels Decentraland, Altspace, Microsoft's. So we're not truly doubling it, which we can do. The technology will will be there in a couple of years. Uh, but for example, our venue in New York, it's an old horse stable. So you have these brick walls, you have these old beams the ceiling is like from the 1800s it's awesome so it's really great to replicate those textures in the metaverse and so we'll go to a venue we'll build out the metaverse as best we can and when the show happens we we do a live stream we bring cameras we live stream it we send that to uh, a live event, usually in Vimeo or Brightcove, and then we embed that in the metaverse, and then we build out the metaverse with different 3D objects, NFT art, et cetera, et cetera. So we try and replicate the live experience in the metaverse as best as possible. And why we're doing it is simple. 
I can't go to a show tonight in LA. Watching a live stream in 2D isn't attending a show. And with the metaverse, you can actually, when you use the Oculus, it's like you're attending a concert in a persistent, synchronous, high-fidelity, navigable environment. And why we're doing it is, as I see it, if you're not offering a metaverse component for a live music event, you're potentially leaving money and awareness on the table. I mean, think about if Taylor Swift announced that her whole tour was going to be broadcast into the metaverse. People would get pretty excited. It would it would break the internet. Yeah. It already did. Right. And that's what's going to get people into the metaverse. When you can go attend a conference, see a concert, just by putting on goggles, that's powerful. And we've seen it works. You know, when we did our festival in London, we had like 150 people tune in via the metaverse. And there was more people in the metaverse component than the real life component. And it was really cool. People engaged. The artists enjoyed it for a lot of the artists. Uh, like Ray Isla was one who mentioned it. It was their first time performing in the metaverse uh, for a lot of times. And why the metaverse? Another thing I like to say is like, When you're watching a live stream, you can't talk to the person next to you and you can't say, I was there. When you're in the metaverse watching a show, you can talk to the person next to you, even if they're halfway across the world, and you can say, I was there at that moment when that artist played that song with this dude next to me in this metaverse show. And like, human beings that whole like i was there moment is so important to how we look at ourselves and how we inform our identity and who we are and the metaverse allows for that in a way that's just not possible with pre-existing forms of of live broadcasting media yeah it's powerful stuff um and it is very cool how a metaverse experience like that can bring people together from all over the world really at you know one point in time where previously you had to be there physically so that's it's really it is it's powerful it's interesting it's exciting um so that's cool um that was that was a great answer i think i like do you envision more and more companies using VR and metaverse technology to enhance the offering of their events in the future? I do. I mean, you're already seeing it. You know, uh, Burberry had a 3D metaverse e-commerce store. Um, Vogue had an atelier that they did with Journey, which is really great, really high fidelity metaverse company that's building with Unreal Engine. 
And uh, the answer is absolutely. I think originally a lot of people thought that the metaverse would just be games and like there would actually need to be something to do and to win in the metaverse, but there's not, you know, we're actually just seeing metaverses where you can just go hang out and click on stuff and buy stuff just in the way you might go hang out at the mall. But now it's in this, you know, virtual high fidelity and what Nike's doing too with artifact is really incredible. It's a really great use case. The fact that now you can have a pair of sneakers that you wear in real life and you can wear them in the metaverse and now it's like your your IRL identity is is tethered to the blockchain and tethered to this virtual space. Um, it's really, really exciting. And I think the brands that do start looking at this are going to be rewarded in the future. Yeah, I totally agree. It's just cool how it gives people a chance to interact while you know remaining in the comfort of their homes and you know i've talked to i've talked to a lot of people about it recently and some people are worried about how it'll potentially take away from human connection but the other perspective is that like look it's also going to increase human connection for a whole variety of people like you think about people who have social anxiety for example and and don't really want to go out but you know if they can experience an event with some VR goggles and cool speakers integrated into it, you know, that's providing an experience that they wouldn't have been able to been able to have otherwise. And that's just, I think one small example, it can also affect like digital workspaces and like being at a conference table, you know, feeling like you're with your coworkers or, um, you know, there's a lot of different exciting ways. I think it's going to affect uh, events and interaction and live entertainment and, that's that's cool how you guys are already integrating it. I mean, I think the digital concert and digital festival will definitely grow. And, um, you know, I think it's exciting. It's uh, it, it just will be really cool to be able to meet up in the metaverse and go to a show. But you're just hanging out at home. Um, and then I think it almost can help drive value back to the real thing. Still. Exactly. Exactly. Because it's not one or the other. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like, look, you have this option and it's great if you can't make it there. But, you know, you're still just the fact that you can get a little closer to the real thing. It makes you want to be at the show even more if when you have the opportunity, I think. Exactly. It, it, it feeds value back to the original. And also, you know, to your point of people who are scared of this technology and what it's going to do that's exactly why we need the right people why we need passionate kind people actively involved with this technology because it's taking over whether we like it or not and the people who are implementing it are going to determine whether or not this is good or bad for humanity and that's a huge reason why we're engaged in this space is because we want to make sure that there's plenty of art, music, and love to go around in future states of the internet and uh, 
business and culture. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right. Like it, the technology is only going to affect us more and more. And there is a little, little productive point in debating is it good or bad? Let's just make it good. It's already here. It's already affecting us. Let's just engage with it in the in the best way we can so that we are the ones who make it a positive, uh, you know, a positive, have a positive effect on the world. So oh, yeah. yeah, totally, totally agree there and, and love what you guys are doing. Um, as we're sort of wrapping up here, I'm wondering if you have any anything else that we didn't touch on that you want to talk about, web stock, tech, or otherwise? Um, I would just like to remind your listeners that Webstock Genesis NFTs are minting now. And for a mere 0.06 Ethereum, you can be an official forever part of the Webstock ecosystem, get free VIP tickets to all of our events, vote on event programming, have your art featured at events. We also, just today, announced a new wing of Webstock, which is called Comedy Bytes, and it's a Web3 comedy ecosystem. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so we're doing uh, comedy media and events in New York on February 21st. We're debuting the first ever human versus AI comedy roast battle. I saw that on the website. That sounds awesome. Yeah, we're doing, um, we're going to do a what's the prompt, like kind of game show where you see a Dolly prompt and everyone has to guess the prompt. And we're going to give out prizes for like the best caption. And yeah, so we're just sort of building out a Web3 comedy ecosystem. At some point, we'll we'll eventually get into sports. Uh, but yeah, the, the last thing that I want to share is like get involved hop in tap in with webstock if you're an artist if you're a musician if you love web3 and you love music we want to know you we want to have you in our community we want our nfts to be in your wallet we you know we do tons of events in new york and la and miami and london and we're always growing and we're just always looking to bring in more dreamers and doers into our ecosystem to really collaborate and unite and accelerate this awesomely dope future together yeah well i love the mission of webstock i love uh your outlook on how this technology can be used and should be used and how people should engage to uh you know help 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 foster it in the right way so uh i appreciate your time brian this is this is a great conversation thanks so much i had a blast thanks so much for having me jake love everything you're doing man keep it up all right appreciate it have a good one excellent see you dude. see ya All right. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to check the links in the show notes to find and support Brian and Webstock. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Web3MusicPod to keep up with new episodes and find clips from each interview. And be sure to tune in next week for an interview with Malcolm Levy, the founder of Refraction, a music, tech, and art-focused DAO that puts on events all over the world.